Good morning. Good morning. This is my friend Max. I'm Philip Duvall. This is Are You There, God? It's Kira and Phil, but Kira's not with us today. Uh, but I am here and I have a guest, my dear friend Max Firesheets. Uh, and I, uh, so Max and I are going to talk a little bit. Um, and you're going to be here with us, our friends. So hopefully, uh, good, we, we are here. And uh, I'm just going to ask, I know Leslie's with us. Leslie, can you see us and hear us? And is our recording uh, going the way it's supposed to go? We're a little on a delay. So she'll let us know in just a moment if she can hear us and see us and all that stuff. Cool. Um, in the meantime, I'm Philip Duvall. I serve as Rector of Church of the Redeemer here in Cincinnati, Ohio, the Queen City of the Midwest. And I am with my friend, Maxandra Grace Firesheets. Max is joining us, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, their journey um, as a Christian uh, and as a person, as a member of this church, which I'm very excited about. So, Max, uh, did, I, did I introduce you well? Are there other things that I should be saying about you? Um, I don't think so. I think okay. that was a great introduction. They, well, that's thank you. I needed that. I needed the I needed yeah. the confidence booster. Um, Max and I have been friends for about five years because I've been at this church for about five years. Um, you showed up at Church of the Redeemer a little before me. Mm -hmm. When when did you uh, show up to Church of the Redeemer? It has been just over six years ago. Just over so. six years ago. So you were I, and I got here just uh, under five years ago. So just a little bit of time. Mm -hmm. And we've uh, fair to say we've we've uh, we've been through it together a little bit. Uh, yeah, we were on vestry so. together for four. Well, you were on vestry, and I am on mm -hmm. vestry as rector for four years. Which, for the non-churchy people, that's like the board of directors for the church. So uh, Max showed up, and then like in a couple of years, they were all of a sudden on the board of directors for the for their church and going, "How did this happen?" Um, you wor worked a lot um, with mission, and you've mm -hmm. done some work with me in congregational development. Um, and you play music and have played music in the banquet band. Right. So, someone was asking me the other day um, about how many, they were like, wait, does Max play drums or, or guitar? And I was like, I think they play everything, but I'm not really sure. So what instruments are you actually, uh, uh, you know, uh, proficient or, or acceptable in? Yeah. It was like, I can play lots of things, but none of them super well. I sure. guess no, um, I started with classical piano lessons, like as a little kid and played yeah. for many years. I've done that all my life. And then I picked up drums in high school and bass and guitar sort of along the way. And, so, and I've known you playing, I knew you primarily as a drummer mm -hmm. and that's what you played the most at, at the banquet. Right. But, that's where the need was. Yes. Yes. Well, your version of not playing very well, I wish I could not play very well like that, but that's a separate conversation. So uh, about, I think it was um, three weeks ago now, mm -hmm. we had a, we had you, uh, uh, we had a liturgy with you at the center of that liturgy during our Sunday morning service. And that was the first time that our church, Church of the Redeemer, has has done the liturgy of of I believe it's a renaming I'm, I'm the one who did it. I should know what it's called but I, it was a, a renaming liturgy or a blessing of a name mm -hmm. and um and so you had just just recently had your name changed um you uh, I'm gonna tell a tiny bit of your story and then I'm gonna hand it over to you because I, I think you'll tell it better but a, but a about two years ago I think was it two years ago that you came out as transgender? 
Yeah, yeah. About um, two like years May ago. of 2019. Okay. And um, and came came out uh, to members of the church. Um, we talked about it a lot. You talked about it in one of our church services, which is that 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 uh, that feast day, yeah, which the, was really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then cu- cut to two years later. I don't know what's happened in the interim. 2020, 2021, kind of a blur. But right. Yeah. Right. But you but you um, texted me, and you said, "Hey, um, I'm getting my name legally changed. Once that happens." Uh, can we have a, can we have a, do some kind of liturgy, naming liturgy at mm-hmm. the church? Um, and um, so I, you couldn't see my face. Um, uh, so, cause it was a text message. Right. Um, so you couldn't see me like kind of well up with tears and be like, Oh, wow. It's on. And, and like, uh, and I think my text was just like, yeah, sure. Of course. No problem. Right. right? Like, I don't know about you, but as an adult, I'm getting better at like one or two word texts that contain <laughs> every feeling in the world. But it's like, sure. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. We can do that. We can make it work. <laughs> I'm very professional, of course. Um, but I was really blown away like that you wanted. And I, I wasn't surprised because we've been together throughout all this time. But it still catches me every time that in all of the things that you've been going through, you've wanted the church to be a part of your life and the church has been a part of your life in all this. And so the idea that you would honor the church with uh, asking us to participate in this recognition of your new name and, and, and as you're becoming uh, who you're meant to be, um, it, um, I don't know, it just blew me away. And of course I was like, oh, sure, let's do it. And we all acted like we'd all been there before, like, oh, sure, right. <laughs> um, oh, I've done millions of these, you know. But, but it was a really transformative moment uh, for our church. It was a really transformative moment for me, obviously for you as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought, okay, we've done it. And here we are uh, on, the, on the back side of this, or on the, whatever the back end of this, it's now been done. Mm-hmm. And I, I would love to sit with you, and here we are now, and talk a little bit about what got us here. Um, what got you here? What uh, I'm so curious about. Um, the role the church has played in your life, um, not maybe the church, the Christian faith, and then Redeemer, both and, you know, what it's been for you and what the church has been like throughout your life in, in terms of this, this journey that you've been on. So I'm going to stop there and just see what you, what comes to mind first for you. <laughs> it's what comes to mind first is like, oh, well, maybe I should tell my like faith journey story, but I don't know if we have enough time. Cause it's a we, long story. We have, we have 53 minutes. Okay. Um, so I'm sure that, I mean, like all of us, I bet that could be a six hour story, but right. Right. But you got 53 minutes and we can talk and I might ask questions in the middle, but say as much as you want. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was raised in a really like, as I've come to learn a fundamentalist Baptist church, mm. um, you know, the family been there for generations kind of thing. Um, and I had no idea that it was, you know, ultra conservative and sure. that sort of deal until years and years later. Um, you know, when I was 17, we were part of a schism in the church and were asked to leave and all this sort of stuff. You know, my dad had been serving as a deacon and all it, it was a big thing. What so, was that? What was it over? It was over divorce. There was a new like preacher from down in the country somewhere who wanted to 
you know, be more involved with the church. And there was talk about him being a new pastor uh, or something lost, like that. I've lost you for a second. I got you back. Yeah. Yes. You froze too. I didn't realize okay. you were frozen. Okay. It says my internet connection is unstable and I'm plugged into the internet. So I'm curious what that means. <laughs> um, okay. But we'll keep going anyway. So you were saying uh, there was a schism over divorce. Yeah. Over church. divorce of an, a new pastor who was like up and coming in the ranks kind of thing. Um, and it became a big power struggle over who was going to, you know, control the Baptist Church Association and that sort of deal. And we were on the wrong side of it. So my dad was asked to leave and to stop being a deacon and that sort of stuff. Which side were you all on on, on that? On the, I guess, pro-divorce Like side. divorce is okay. Yeah, like we it's going to be okay. It doesn't mean we're going to hell sort of thing. Right. This doesn't disqualify you from being a, a leader. So you were 16 when that happened? 17. But yeah. 17, okay. Yeah, like ending up high school. So then I ended up sort of rejecting faith and rejecting God and became instead a philosophy and religion major when I went off to college. Every parent's, every Christian parent's worst nightmare. So <laughs> that was fun. Oh, man. <laughs> that is beautiful. Yeah. I'll show you. I'll show you. I'll become a philosopher. That's right. I'm going to study medieval Latin philosophy instead. That's going to fix it all. That'll show them. So many answers from St. Anselm and stuff like that. Right. I'm not Christian. I'm just going to read St. Anselm for the next four years. No, like you do. <laughs> like you do. Okay. So you go off to college, you, you, you bail on religion. Right. Deep dive into philosophy. Yeah. So I would say then that I was... Like I would tell people I was agnostic because like I knew better than to feel certain about anything. Yeah. Um, you know, and so fast forward a while, um, I meet this girl and move up to Cincinnati because she was starting grad school at Xavier and we got married and decided, you know, we got married in 2005 and decided somewhere around then someday we're going to want to have a family and we were both raised Christian and that makes sense. And that's something we would like to do with our own children someday. So maybe we ought to like start thinking about this Jesus thing again. Yeah. You know, so we did that and like did some church shopping. She was raised Lutheran. Hmm. So we went through a few Lutheran churches and a few other places and ended up at the non-denominational mega church here in Cincinnati. Yeah. Crossroads. You are at Crossroads. Crossroads. Yeah. Real quick. Do you remember what kind of flavor of Lutheran she was? She was the other one. Missouri Synod? Missouri Synod. Yeah. That's what not, I not was ELCA, growing up. But yeah, she was a Missouri Synod Lutheran. That's what I was growing up. Nice. That's some fundamentalist Lutheran stuff right there. That's yeah, a I've come, story. come to learn some of that too. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. So you get to Crossroads. Yeah. So we go to Crossroads and like, hey, this is great. You know, like this is, I think their slogan at the time was, the church for people who have given up on church, but not given up on God. And you're like, like, Hey, that's literally that us. sounds perfect. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And they were very upfront about it. It's like, we care about getting people in the door to hear the message. We cater specifically to men who are between the age of 25 and 35. It's like, well, that sounds like the perfect kind of place. Right. You know? So I ended up diving into that and was serving in a bunch of places and, uh, you know, playing in the band there. And I eventually ended up joining staff and did like the website and was 
involved as being a youth pastor for years and, and that sort of thing. And that came to a head, I don't remember the year exactly, but in the high school student ministry, one of the like beloved anchors of the program came out. You know, he was a senior, I believe, a senior in high school, and he came out as being gay and told everyone and like, hey, great for you. You know, that's wonderful that you're learning about yourself and stuff. And it turns out that was not okay with the church. Right. Which is not something that I was aware of as being one of the like fundamental beliefs. You just didn't talk, didn't talk about it. Right. You know, like we love everyone and everyone is welcome. You know, oh, except if you're gay, well, then you're not allowed to be a volunteer and you can't be seen in any leadership position, you know, and we're not- You could come to the church. You could come to the church. Yes. But you cannot be involved in ministry and leadership. Correct. You know, like there cannot be any pretense that we accept you as you are. Right. Like, but you're welcome to sit in a seat. Right. You know, and that was a huge eye-opening for a whole lot of people involved in the student ministry. You know, so- I have have several questions here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, one, at this point, were you and your wife um, uh, openly sort of like affirming of, of LGBTQ plus people? Were you like, wait a minute, like we're, we're cool. As we used to say back in the 90s, we're cool with the gays. Like, like what's the problem here, right? Like, yeah. is, like so you were already at that point. So that, that shift had occurred in you already in terms of your outlook on what was okay or acceptable. And, um, uh, and that probably, probably during your philosophy years in college, you were like, yeah, okay. So you got, you were already there in that place yes. and, 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 um, and Crossroads was attractive because it didn't talk about it at all and said, everyone was welcome. You thought they meant it. Right. Okay. Um, now I've always been curious because you and I've, I, I've always been curious about your sort of your, your own internal discovery. Mm-hmm. Would you say on any conscious level at this point in your story? Were you, did you have any kind of conscious understanding of yourself as not cisgender or heterosexual? Yes. Okay. But this is, this is, no, no, sure. This is, yeah, this this is is the stuff I'm so curious about. Yeah. It's, it's so hilarious. I have this long list of things looking back now. I'm just like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) So one of the things about being a leader and all of that was that you had to have a spiritual mentor, which that's great. Okay. But I remember telling my spiritual mentor, we were talking about like therapy and that sort of thing. So I remember saying like, I don't feel ready for therapy right now because I can tell that there is, you know, I've got some, some stuff deep down inside and if I get into that, like if I unlock that door, it's never going to close again. Mm. And I'm just kind of not ready to go there. Wow. Did you know what I that door wrong. was or you, you knew there was stuff, but you didn't even know really what it was or right. I, you, did, was, you didn't necessarily know it was around gender or, or anything like that. No, or did you? Okay. Uh, not really, yeah. but I did. But part of that is we grew up, at, that wasn't something even talked about. Right. Well, I didn't, didn't even, even know there was a door there to open. No. I didn't even meet my first non-straight person until I was in like, you know, a college summer camp thing when I was 16 and off right. at a, a campus right. and you know, met people who were right. gay and seemed to like be real cool and know themselves. It was like, right. You know, that's, 
amazing. And this is another sort of like telltale thing. I've come to come to learn. This is right. like, I remember thinking then, like, huh, could I be gay? Mm. Like, well, I don't see why not. Like, I guess I've never done any due diligence, but it's not necessarily. You know, By the way, that's literally the most Max Firesheets like response to that. Well, I mean, I'm, I mean, I've never done the due diligence. It's very possible. Yeah, like X certainly could be somewhere like that, but it's not really relevant at the moment. So who right, cares? right. And yeah. that's that's how I felt about it for yeah. myself for a long time. Yeah. But yeah, it's like you know I never had any problem with people who were like who were gay or questioning or bisexual or anything but they're like none of this gender talk had even ever been a thing right still you know i remember when rupaul became famous it was like oh so like drag is a thing like right but it's very clear like he's still a man who just does this sort of persona very clear that that's very very clear you're right no it's true absolutely wow Oh, that's fascinating. It's so funny you said that. So we were looking for a new show to watch with my daughter who's 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And like, we're looking through Hulu and there's RuPaul's Drag, or no, Paramount, one of those streaming channels. Yeah. And there's RuPaul's Drag Race. And she's like, who is that beautiful woman? And I was like, that is a beautiful woman. And that is RuPaul. Mm-hmm. She's like, what's her show? Why is it called Drag Race? Funny you should ask. And I'm like trying to describe <laughs> drag queens to her. Mm-hmm. Well, that's... I mean, it's like, I mean, which is fine. I don't talk to her about it, but it was like, she literally was just like, you know, like what, what is even happening? And, 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 and it's a whole different kind of, yeah, it's just a mind blowing thing as she kind of tries to figure all, all of this out. Um, We tried to watch a little bit of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I I wasn't concerned with the sort of gender things that were going on at all. Um, It is a very risque show. And yeah, it's, it's very and I didn't I don't know why I didn't assume that it was a bad call on my I'm like, she's learning about things. This will be fine. I'm I'm a very open individual. Right. I'm a good dad. I'm gonna start to watch it. And I was like, OK, no, not yet. But well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're queerifying a lot of stuff all at once. Right. Well, let's just start with Queer Eye. She can get into that. And, yeah. you know, uh, that's we're good. But anyways. OK, so you're at yeah. Crossroads. They have yes. the uh, they have the. um they fire someone that you work with. Yeah, the, they they kicked out one of the students from the student ministry for coming out. It's like, wow. you know, well, you can't be involved anymore. You you have to leave. You're not welcome. Wow. And so then we it, it was sort of a small group kind of thing, you know, where mm-hmm. we'd all come together and then do small groups. So so each adult mentor had maybe, I don't know, five or six mentees, whatever. But then, but this kid's mentor also comes out. He's like, well, I'm gay and I'm leaving too. Wow. And a few other adults left like, well, in solidarity, we're leaving. And I felt so stuck mm. because I was on staff. Right. And this is my job. And this is, you know, the way you I'm make a living money. Yeah. It was like, yeah. Oh, I want to leave too, but right. You know, like this, this is wrong. I know that this is not right and i don't know what to do about it um but the whole student ministry ended up imploding and shut down wow and it was you know it was years before they re- resurrected and you know relaunched some sort of mm. reimagined sort of thing hmm. but yeah so that all like went down and, and what happened um i stayed working at the church for a while but started looking around looking elsewhere yeah. Um, 
Now, where we hold on, where is your wife in all this? Because she's she doesn't suffer fools gladly. Um, uh, she's uh, if you don't know uh, Max's uh, former wife, she's a total badass. Um, but but uh, what, what like um, was she like? We got to get out of here, or was she like? I get that this is your job, or like how how was this? How did y'all handle together like the crossroads dynamic? Yeah, um, not much, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, she wasn't involved with the student ministry hardly at all. Right. Right. Um, she did. She like did do it for a while, but this kind of thing, she was you know volunteering in her own places when this all went down. Yeah. Yeah, but she you know sort of agreed like, well, yeah, this this isn't what we thought, you know, this is yeah. a, an aspect of this church that we weren't aware of and yeah. that's not cool. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so I ended up looking for other jobs and stuff and I found a dream, you know, hotshot programming job in San Francisco working for a startup out there that was doing amazing things and all of that. This was the very end of 2007. It comes to my oh, mind now. Okay. Because I was on the phone with this company to accept the job and move out to the Bay, you know, and leave Kelly behind to sell the house and pack up and everything. And I'm going to go off and be this amazing, you know, programming phenom. And we were looking at the like real estate market and all this sort of stuff. It was like, ah, it's like, it just doesn't really work out. We might break even, right. Um, we might not. You know, there's just so many unknowns. So I was on the phone with the company to accept the job and I couldn't do it. Like wow. I couldn't accept the jobs. Like, I'm sorry, you know, we're just not in the place to do this, whatever. So, wow. But I didn't take this job, but I had already told some people that you were, that I was, that was doing this. I was looking, I'd found this amazing thing and I was probably going to move to San Francisco. So I decided to go ahead and quit anyway. Wow. And, you know, then like I'll do freelancing and, you know, start my own business and be a consultant and do programming stuff, which I did for a while. It was fine. Yeah. But as part of the like exit interview sort of process from leaving the church, mm. you know, they, they set me down and said like, well, we want you to know that your relationship to the church is now changing. And more importantly, what you represent in your relationship to all of the people, you know, is different now. So if you are no longer a staffer, that means that you don't speak for us and you can't represent this church anymore. So in order to create some healthy boundaries and distance from everyone, you are not allowed to serve for six months. Like you can still come, but you have to step away from everything. Hmm. And, you know, then we'll create some distance so people don't assume that you speak for the church or, you know, they don't have the same sort of relationship. And just like that, all of my relationships were gone. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And Kelly too. Like it was like, we didn't exist. You were non grata. You're persona non grata there. Oh yeah. my gosh. You know, and part of it is I had told a, a fair handful of people that I was moving across the country. I'll see you guys when I see yeah. you, you know, but that didn't happen. Yeah. And we continued going for a, a little while. Live but... there and go there and not be in San Francisco. Right. And they're right. The, yeah, there were, you know, a few other things, but eventually it's like, wow, like, okay, you know, let me see what, what value we held here or, or didn't hold, I guess. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, so ended up leaving that church and, you know, went to the vineyard for a while and went to a little church plant over on the west side that ended up shutting down and went to the back at the vineyard. Vineyard's there, pretty cool, man. They do good work. Yeah, it was interesting that going to the vineyard after having come from Crossroads was really interesting because that was my first, I guess, my first exposure to the vineyard style mm. as like their idea of how they do church as a franchise, I guess. Yes. You know, and as its own denomination. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we're evangelical, we're non denomination, but really what we are is vineyard. And mm-hmm. we do that wherever, you know, wherever, wherever, we go. wherever we are, that's what it is. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Like, oh, that was really interesting. Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. Crossroads had just been starting the multi-site concept right. around that time. You know, we'd just done a bunch of staff reorganization and stuff when I left. We call that denominations, but they won't say it. But we, we're right. like, we're non-denominational, but we have all these different sites and we have this person who oversees them all and they all adhere to the same beliefs, but it's not a denomination. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Anyways, that's my own little bug. So you went, you checked out Vineyard. You were checking out some other uh, church plant in, in the Norwood area doing that and working. Yeah. And yeah, so um, eventually, I guess we just kind of didn't do church again for a while. You know, there's, there's a gap in there that I'd have to like sit and think about to, to fill in for a couple of years. But yeah. we had heard that some of our old former neighbors on the West side Brad and Maggie Goff lived next to us and they had started going to this place called Redeemer. Yeah. And it seemed cool. You know, they were really into it and we liked and respected them. So we started going there and it was like, this place is really cool. Where were you living at that point? We were, we were living in Mount Lookout. You were at the, in the house that I, when I met you that. Yes. Yeah. Like around the corner from. Yes. Yep. Yeah, that's where okay. we were then. Yep, yep. So yeah, so it's like it's a neighborhood church. Perfect. And we'd gone to the the Lutheran church. You know, is it the Methodist church there on on Grace? Yeah, that's Methodist. Yeah, we'd gone there a couple times. We're like, yeah. hey, well, let's let's try this Episcopal church. You know, cool. it's sort of neutral ground. Neither of us had any baggage with it, and that's sort right. of deal. Um, but it just kind of clicked for me coming. Yeah. Like this whole like Episcopal take on things and how welcoming welcoming and open people were and like that Mm -hmm. and so yeah like we kept coming and the more i learned about it the more i liked it and liked the approach and liked the like liturgical tradition and on all that sort of stuff you know you you mentioned a a few minutes ago this idea of a denomination and like an overseer who decides and that like i was really you know, the pendulum was swinging away from that, like really railing against that. Like, I don't like this idea of some, you know, like 50 year old white dude getting to decide what is God and what isn't like. That's that's, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've seen many examples now over my life that never ends well. Right. Every time, every time it falls apart and we keep trying it. Maybe this. Yeah. 50 year old white guy will have figured out. I got eight more years till I get to be that guy to figure it out. I'm 42. So someday I'll be this, the 50 year old straight white guy making decisions like that. Well, fortunately you have the spirit, the prayer book and the tradition. I have other things that are keeping me in check. Yeah. That's nice. No, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, uh, um, I'm kind of a denominational hack. I love denominations. (laughs) I, I've always been a, like a company man. It's my attitude, but I, but I like, because there's a difference between one 
guy getting to call the shots right for all of these things and like a system of governance with people mm-hmm. and and of people that that aren't just guys like me um and a tradition of, that you've got to sort of hold yourself accountable to and a, and a, a prayer book and an acknowledgement as you said right out of the gates of the holy spirit like where is all this in that there's mm-hmm. all these pieces layers of accountability for our leadership um and i like that i i like that so i can't just i do too I, I can't just the church can't just be whatever phil wants day in day out right or or even what a focus group suggests mm-hmm. right so okay so so you started to get into that aspect at redeemer um then then what um What's next yeah and then I was getting more and more involved with the church and was invited to participate in vestry and, you know, and the, the new um, search was wrapping up and this new guy named Philip had come and, you know, the, love that guy. So, yep. Yeah. He's pretty cool. Yeah. You know? So yeah. So that all started. And then uh, like through all of this, like my marriage was getting worse and worse. Yeah. And, you know, we were working on it and trying to figure out what was going on, but I was just not in a place to be able to do that and like slipping further and further, I guess, you know. Um, So I just sort of assumed like, wow, you know, once people at church figure out what, what's going on, like how my life is falling apart, it's going to be over again. Because right, right. because you've now been booted uh, from two different churches, basically just for being you. Yeah. Like in both cases, it's not like you did anything, you know, uh, uh, you didn't commit any offenses. Mm-hmm. You know, in yeah. both cases, you like in the first case, your family made basically a stand for what they believed in. Uh-huh. And then in this next case, as an employee, you made it, you know, you you made a decision as an employee, but it was connected to, at least in part, something that you, you know, a, a stand that you believed in and, and sort of your, the scales falling off your eyes about that church. Right. But you've yeah. been, in both cases, you got sort of, you get exiled, you're done, you're mm-hmm. out. So you're like, when people find out that my marriage is falling apart, then I guess I'm out at Redeemer too. Yeah, pretty much. Mm. So like that weighed on my conscience enough where, you know, I called to have a, a meeting with you. It was on opening day. Oh, it was? It was opening day. I think 2018 or was it 2019? It I think it was, was 20... 2017. Was it really? Yes. Cause we got divorced in March of 2018. Wow, you're right. Yeah, 2020 adds an entire year. Oh, you're right. Or, you oh know, my God, everything's like falling apart. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you you uh, called. You said we needed to meet. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know what it was about. I said I don't remember why. I think it was like because um, well, if it was April of 2017, it was because my wife was home with a brand new, very new baby. That's right. Like literally, like within those weeks. Like yeah, Reed was born on March 31st. So yeah, it had to have been like, like within two weeks days. later. Yeah. And you were like, are you sure we can meet? And I'm like, yeah, but let's meet at the house. And we'll, and I lived on a little cul-de-sac. We could just mm-hmm. walk around. And it was a, well, it, you, the whole yeah, round, it, you did the yeah, whole circle. Like, it's like a mile. So anyways, I was like, yeah, come on over. And we, we like headed out. I'm honey. I'm going for a walk with 
uh, Mike, and we went out the front door mm-hmm. and walked. Yeah. It was like, well, and you thought this was going to be the, this, this was is it. it. Yeah. Mike, like, Max, I, Max, I had no idea. Not, 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 not like not only that you, not only that you were about to tell me all this stuff that you were feeling, but mm-hmm. I had no idea that um, it, you were going through that much, like this might be the last thing. Oh yeah. I had, I had no, I mean. That I was doing my like moral duty to let you know so that which, you, we could separate, you know, on the best terms kind of thing. Oh my goodness. I had, I mean, I literally had no idea that that's what was going through your head. I was just like, well, yeah, we'll see what this is about. So you told me, and I remember, and I won't, you know, it was a pastoral conversation, but you told me that things were not going well. Yeah. Things, you know, things are not going well. I'm, you know, been able to recognize I'm struggling with some addiction in in different places. And this is why. And yeah, I figured, you know, the, the logical outcome of that conversation was he's like, okay, well, you're not an example for this church. You know, you're not living up to the standard of an elder of the church sort of thing. So yeah. And that didn't happen. And that was really strange. What did did I, what did I, what did I do? I don't even remember remember? necessarily. I think I was just like, like, Hey, uh, how can we be there for you? Yeah. Like, you know, obviously we're going to pray for you, you know, and you're always welcome here. You know, we, we love you and accept who you are and what's going on and everything. It's like, you're like, huh? I'm not really sure how to, how to take that. Like, (laughs) like, okay, maybe we'll have this conversation later, you know? Right. Yeah. But it it didn't happen. And it was true that like, it was okay to be a person. And to have real person issues going on. Yeah. And even then still like be on the vestry and still being volunteering, being a face person. Yes. Yeah. It's so funny about just the difference in um, kind of like approaches to what it means to be leadership in the church, like in different, in different traditions and different churches, because I there was no part of me that left that conversation thinking that maybe I would need to ask you to step down. Like that was never part of my, like in our conversation, that was never part of my thinking at yeah. all. Like, it's like, it didn't even occur to me. Like you talking about it now. And it was like, you thought that was the, the obvious outcome. And it, yeah, it's like, I'm like, huh. I mean, you'd mentioned this before that you said you thought that that was the day I was going to ask you to step down. Mm-hmm. I, it, I just can't, it's like, I'm like, huh. Like what I remember from that day mm-hmm. aside, I remember the weather was good. Yeah. I remember, I remember, um, I remember loving you. Like, I remember just being like, oh, man, I love them and what they're like. I, I'm so grateful for the honesty and the authenticity of what you said, but I, I remember and not knowing what to do with this information, by the way, because none of the gender or sexuality stuff had really like come not yet. Not at all. Yeah. We'll, we'll get there. Then we're going to get there. But I remember thinking, based on what you said to me, like, this is a person who is um, hiding in plain sight. But I didn't know, but not from, like, not like within, not with the sort of like nefarious intentions or like, yeah. but the way you described the things you were going through in your marriage and in your internal life was this sort of, I will s- stand in front of everyone and smile. And I'm back. I'm actually back here. Like I'm here and I can present I like that. Yeah. But, I, but that's the, this is the, the Mike avatar. Mm-hmm. And then the real me is back here 
and and that but but again not in some i didn't feel like it wasn't deceptive it wasn't um um uh you know nefarious it wasn't like oh this is a really manipulative person it wasn't any of that it was like this is a person who's protecting themselves in some way and is hiding right in front of us mm-hmm. and and you you opened some of that up and 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 um and i i got to see that and i just thought well like i mean we're a church like we got to we got to be with someone who's going through that i don't again it just never occurred to me um yeah, but but it was shortly thereafter that things went. It was in the next few months that things really sort of precipitated. That's yes. not the right word, but really sort of accelerated, like the 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 marriage sort of coming to an end. Yes, um, over the summer was like when things were really yeah like completely falling apart, and I didn't know what to do. Yeah, you know, I remember very, very clearly Kelly telling me like, you know, I still love you and I want to be part of this, but I need you to show up. Like, I need you to be here for this. And I remember like being so flabbergasted, like I'm standing right here. We're yelling at each other and I'm right here. I have no idea what you could possibly be talking about. Right. Like, no, you just need to show up. Like, right. I'm here. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and yeah. So then I moved out in October, I guess, Mm. beginning of November. And yeah, we had already like, well, I guess we did the papers in however, whenever that is, you know, in end of summer, I moved out and then we were divorced in March. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And that was crazy. And just the, the sort of like going down the hill of a roller coaster that I didn't realize I was on. Yeah for a while and it took a long time of me just being like completely laid out flat before I could even start to you know open my eyes I guess and see what my what my reality was what was going on around me um so yeah but one of the first things that I realized when I was you know starting to pick myself back up and look at what had happened and all that. It's like, you know, what she said about not being here, maybe that means something, you know, like how am I participating in the world and what am I hiding from, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's when I really had the, um, I guess the realization, something that I wasn't straight. Like, okay, I'm, this is. I I remember you telling me that it was like, she mentioned it to you. Yes. And and I thought you were going to be like, can you believe that? <laughs> do you remember the conversation we had? I do this? now. I had not, I had not remembered that, but yeah. Um, we were, you know, like had the kids in the car and we were going somewhere together to do something. I don't even remember what it was now, but yeah, but she said that like, you know, like I say this from, you know, out of love and really from a place like I, I want to be there for you. I really think that you ought to consider the possibility that you might not be straight. Mm. I think that's what she said. It was like, mm-hmm. huh, okay, whatever. Right. You know, then it's like, huh, oh, oh, okay. My, yeah. right. you know, I've never done any now, due first, diligence about this. Right. I've never done due diligence. First of all, ma'am, how dare you? Right. <laughs> how dare you blow up my world like that? Yeah. Like, never in my life have I been so offended by something so true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
Do you remember when you told me? I can't, was it at like the men's retreat? No, um, no, I, no, no, I don't those remember times, exactly. The men's retreats were glorious events. Um, but but uh, you were at my house for the Super Bowl party. Oh. And we were in the kitchen, and I could, t- and you had like you wanted to, you were like kind of like like burning like to talk. Intense. But there was a lot of yeah. people. Like, it, but we were for a moment in the kitchen alone, and you said, "I gotta, I gotta tell you this thing." Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. And you were like, um, you know, Kelly mentioned it. we were in this conversation and Kelly mentioned that she thinks I might be like that. She thinks that I'm gay or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And, and okay. So first of all, I was thinking, oh, like couples divorcing, this is an interesting dynamic. She's throwing right. at you, right? Maybe, maybe, and that's not her personality. So I, you know, I wasn't thinking she was trying to hurt you, but I just yeah. remember thinking like my, uh, you were telling me this sort of to be like, um, can you believe, can you believe like what's right. happening in my, you know, but then right then someone came in and we started having a different conversation. We never talked about that. No, literally, <laughs> literally you said that. And I was like getting ready to, and like someone walked in the kitchen and yeah. the whole dynamic shifted. We just went back to party mode and mm-hmm. we didn't talk about it again. Two weeks later, you were like, Hey, can we get lunch? And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. So we get lunch at, we were at Teller's. Yes, we were at Tellers. I Sitting in that it. front booth, yeah. right by the window. Uh-huh. And you get, do you remember what I told you and I, what, about what Kelly said? I and I was yeah, like, I yeah. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I remember that. Let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. And you were like, well, she's right. I think she might be right. <laughs> and I was yes. like, I just remember being like, <laughs> <laughs> what now? What's happening? <laughs> I had, I mean, it just, it just didn't. <laughs> blindsided. It, it, totally. No, I, yeah, you, you, you played it off very well. It was a very beautiful blindsiding. I was very, it was a beautiful day. I'll, it was a one of the, like that lunch was such a wonderful, love-filled, fantastic lunch. Um, but it just, I just was so, I was just looking this direction and you came from over here. That's, I was like, oh. And so yeah. we had this, I mean, for me, it was a phenomenal conversation, right? Um, oh yeah, uh, me too. Yeah, I mean, just solidified uh, our friendship, uh, solidified uh, the fact that your church was going to love you and be there for you in whatever may come, but also just felt, I just, I mean, just telling you now, like, I just felt like trusted and um, in my, what I do for work, like, that's a big deal to me. And, and, you know, and most of the people who watch this or listen to this know um, that, you know, my dad came out as gay when I was a child and it created a very big disruption for me in my faith life. And the idea that I would now be a Christian clergy person was already weird enough, but that someone could, would then come out to me and it would be, could be, and would be a positive and powerful and loving thing. It's just like, my wildest dreams coming true. Like what a great gift in this world that I get to do this. And this is real. So that was, I mean, the, the food was fine, but the company yeah. was fantastic that day. And it was a really special day for me. You know, I've always wanted to tell you that it well, meant a lot you. to me. Good. Yeah. It meant a lot to me too, because it really was such a healing moment for me for the same, the same kind of like from the opposite side, I guess, like, yeah. you know, here is yeah, a Christian clergy person who I can tell loves me and is not judging me and I can be real. Yeah. And that's like, not only is that 
fine and not going to get me thrown out. But like, that's how we're supposed to do. And that's what he, right. he wants to, to have for me. Like that's, it was amazing. Yeah. So yeah. Um, turns out I'm not gay. Oh, I'm not a gay man. Right, well, it, we're yes. Um, right. That, so it kept going. Yeah. But that, what that conversation yeah. in particular at tellers, you're absolutely right. Like that. Do you, know was how, the, do you know how you figured out that you weren't a gay man? You did due diligence. Yeah. I was coming back to that. Yeah. You did your due diligence. I, yeah. Like <laughs> you tried going to some of the like tea dances and hanging out with the gay people. I remember I you telling me about that. You were like, like turns out, no. Nope. Ain't it. <laughs> I mean, it was instantaneous. It's like, okay, I'm not a gay man. Okay. Not like, this. What does that mean? Like, where does that leave me? I don't know what that There's is. There's got to be a spot for me somewhere. Yeah. It's like, okay, so now the process of elimination. I know, like, I'm not straight, but I'm not a gay man. Like, what does all that mean? Um, yeah, but that conversation at Tellers was the beginning of me. Like, you talked about me being behind this persona, you know, and it's like trying, that was me coming out, coming out. Yeah. You know? and like, yeah, what is this? What is like, where am I? What does this mean for me? Mm. Mm. And yeah. So can I ask a quick question? Oh yeah, of course. So you knew that the rector of your church supported you. Mm-hmm. Um, did what, like, how about the church overall? I mean, I, I'm in, I'm one person. Did you have any kind of sense of the culture of the church, um, uh, of the people overall, of your friends at the church in terms of their support of you and Kelly throughout the divorce and throughout this whole process? Was, I mean, I, I know we've had it, we've had a good one, but I know it's not just me. I know that, I guess I'm curious about what it was like for you at Redeemer. Yeah, I knew you know, from the the vestry experience and talking about going through divorce and all like different things that I knew that it was probably going to be fine. Mm-hmm. And like, I knew there were already other LGBT people, you know, in the congregation and, yeah. you know, invisible places at the church on staff with the church and everything yeah. like, so that's good. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Like, that'll be fine. Like I knew from the parish profile that, that the parish overall is pretty like liberal and highly educated. And it's like, yeah. so, okay, this is going to be, yeah, you know, it's going to be a safe space. Even yeah. if, even if there are challenges for me and for others, like it's, it's a right. safe space, Yeah, you know? So yeah. What time do we have? We're good. We're totally good. Yeah. Uh, let, uh, one of our viewers, Leslie pointed out, we sometimes go over, she says, we usually go a bit over uh, until Phil looks at the clock really. So fair point, fair point on Leslie's part. Uh, but we have 15 minutes easily. And okay, so you, so you at this point, we can go long, we can go as long as we yeah, want yeah, yeah. really, but uh, well, there's no show after this. So we don't, we, you know, we don't get pre- preempted. Um, okay, so, um, so at this point, you first identify as gay, mm-hmm. and then you start to kind of check around and do your due diligence in terms of gay culture. And you said, okay, this ain't me either. Right. Um, now what? So now what? Yeah. So I didn't really know what to do. Yeah. Um, so I started like just sort of immersing myself in queer culture on the internet for various things to see what was going on with all that and like checking out different spaces and stuff. Um, 
with a group of friends, we were going to some burlesque shows also yeah. at the name of the place I can't think of now. Sure. But yeah, at, you know, one of the Cincinnati burlesque troops. And sure. I had been wearing makeup there to and yeah. did, like different stuff. And I realized sort of like because you could. Yeah. Just like, well, I'm going to do this now. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm not straight. Let me try this, you know. Right. And so like I realized more and more of this stuff about myself, you know, and then it turns out there was this Snapchat filter that oh, I learned about. Yeah, this, you know. No, I remember this. I This is like it, like mythology for me now. This story is so deep, but I love it. Go, <laughs> t- do it, do it. This is so yeah, great. Yeah, there was the Snapchat filter that did a gender swap thing, you know, yeah. and it was like all the rage on yeah. the internet. Like it wasn't actually all the rage on the internet. Turns on out the interwebs. All- yeah, it turns out it was all the rage in the like these just random transgender spaces that I'd been hanging out in for a while for absolutely no reason at all. You know, like looking back on it now. What am like, I doing? How did I get here? Huh? Right. How strange. Like this is all of my Twitter feed and all of my my subreddits and stuff. <laughs> <sighs> it's beautiful, man. It's beautiful. Okay, keep going. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah, so, so I downloaded I downloaded Snapchat and it's like standing and actually I'm right here in the kitchen over there um may 5th of 2019 yeah 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 and so like uh, all right well let's see what this is all about and i took the picture and was like oh and like boom i've seen the picture too yeah like i, I didn't pull it up i could no it's okay, it's it okay. Like, hold it up. Yeah, yeah but yeah it's like oh and then, you know, like 25 years of everything just started <laughs> pouring out of me. It's like, and that was it. That's how I knew. Yeah. And then looking back, it's always been there. That's the part. And I mean, that's like, I'd, I, that's where I like want. I have so like that. I want to spend hours and hours and days and days someday. I don't even know that it, it's probably not fit for just this kind of conversation, but like, mm-hmm. like the part where you then all these things that were clear as you were growing up or that weren't clear, but are, when you look back through that lens, yeah, there's this thing that happens in, in uh, the gospel stories mm-hmm. where uh, I think it's in John's explicitly where it says it, that basically Jesus said and did all these things that pointed to the fact that he was going to die and be resurrected. Yes. And that the disciples didn't understand it until after the resurrection. And once the resurrection happened and they witnessed this resurrected Jesus, they went back, like you just said, the last so-and-so number of years, just all of it makes sense. And in Mm -hmm. fact, their whole yearning as Israelites and their whole messianic messianic desire, all of the things that were inside of them, like were transformed trans and you pr- transfigured, you know, um, yeah. into, into what was, Oh, it's been Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that that's like, when you describe it for me, it reminds me of that, like, Oh, this has been here. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think, for those of us, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm a measly old cishet, like just, you know, I am a cisgender, heterosexual, white guy, Christian, uh, married with, you know, the three kids and the fence and the dog. But I, it's always a, a journey for me trying of understanding and, and um, 
um, because the world that I live in is catered is focused on people like me and 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 centered on people like me and and caters to people like me. So I don't have to think outside that box unless I want to. I can retreat. Um, mm -hmm. um, but I um, for folks like us, we can sometimes think that like, well, one day they just made a decision. And maybe right. you did make decisions in terms of I'm going to decide to allow myself to accept myself. Yes. But when you describe the moment of this revelation about your gender, um, it doesn't sound like a decision. It sounds like something that happened to you and your decision was to accept what was true rather than like to make a decision about who you are. Right. Does that make sense? It absolutely makes sense. That, that, that difference <clears throat> is huge. Like for my brain, for all of us. Yeah. Like why do people choose this thing? And it's like, what? No, like it chose you if there's, if that makes sense. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then when do we like how the, cho the choice is whether or not to like acknowledge it and accept it. Yes. And okay. I've had that conversation with my dad a few yeah. times, you know, because yeah. he's definitely of the, of the ilk of like, I don't understand why you're choosing this. Like, it's so trendy. And you know that I can't ever agree with these lifestyle choices you're making. It's like, mm -hmm. no, all I chose is to, to believe myself, to believe <laughs> what God is telling me. Like, I've chosen to stop running. And like, it's so amazing now. You know, like, okay. Like that for everyone, whoever watches or listens to this, whoever I have chosen to my believe myself to believe what God is telling me. I've chosen to stop running. My friend, <laughs> I mean, I know me too. Hold on. Whew. I don't know how we held it together that Sunday. I really don't know how we held it together. <laughs> I don't either. I was so I, close. I I got shaky a couple times, mm -hmm. but I kept being like, "Well, if Max can do it, I can do it. If Max can do it, I can do it." Act, and the thing I this is me. This is how I work. I was like, "Act like you've been here before. Just act like you've been here." <laughs> and I told I told the all the other clergy and the staff, "Just yeah. act like we've been here before. Like we're all gonna be like, oh yeah, just another just another yeah. name blessing." Just a thing. Just a thing we're doing. And and it was and part of that was just like so that I could, so that we could just, I wanted you to have it, to be able to have the the time and for it not to be like the coronation day or like, can you believe what we've done? It's just like, yeah. can this just be a thing? Right? Yeah. Uh, where you get to have this because it's yours. And we pulled it off, but it was, it was beautiful. Close. <laughs> it was beautiful. Well, um, the liturgy. Our our friend Annie Stevens Gleason yes did not create that whole cloth. She she found a couple different things within the Episcopal uh, tradition. Right, but she but put she it together. Wove it together, and yeah. Wove is the right word, and 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 worked with you and worked with me, and there was such sensitivity and care and such liturgical um, theological depth and consistency. It it felt like the church on some level. It felt like oh yeah, this, this is a liturgy that we have. And of course, mm -hmm. this is the time for that. Yeah, um, it was, it was like, I mean, this has always been a God thing. Can you say more about that for me? I believe you, I know you're yeah. right, but I want you to say more about it. 
it tie let me uh, yeah but it ties into the the whole thing like uh, you know I've, i'm choosing to believe what god says about me yeah like i am stepping into the way that i was created to be yeah you know yeah. and you know outside of a like a religious argument you could say all sorts of things about brain chemistry or whatever you this is how god made me and it took me until I was 38 years old to understand what that was and to yeah. experience the depth of what that meant. Yeah. You know, and so I've been like, it's, it's so impossible to sort of like tease out the different threads because they're all so intertwined with like my relationships and, you know, the way that I relate to my dad and my journey mm -hmm. with religion and the friends that I've had, you know, I can, it's sort of funny, the like cyclic nature of it. Every five years or so, I would delete all of my social media and sort of, you know, like burn all my bridges, torch my friends and mm. reinvent myself with a new persona. Wow. You know, so I was the guy who had a handlebar mustache for a while. And I was there, I was there for a little bit of that time. <laughs> Yeah, I went back. I, I went back to One of the times. Yeah. Yes. You know, or I was the the guy who homebrewed beer and was big into that. Or I was the like the cool youth pastor who wore skinny jeans. That yeah. was part of it in there. One of them, you know, and or like the you know the 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 family man who had the the good job and everything going for him. You know that sort of thing was just like you know brushing close to it, like you know, getting close, getting close to the truth. And they're like, oh, no, 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 no. Okay, what I actually need is this. This is yeah. going to fix me if yeah. I follow this script. Yeah. You know, that's going to make everything happy and the, no yeah. questions. And the, like, But yeah, but finally, like, yeah. unlocking that I was right. You know, how is this different? How is, I believe that it's different. How is this different from those other times? Right? So you're, so you mentioned your dad. He's like, so you used to homebrew and then you had a hundred handlebar mustache and now you're, yeah. now you're trans, like, no offense to him. I know he's, he loves you dearly and he's right. trying to figure it out. Um, how, I know it's different, but how do you, is there a way that you've been able to articulate or understand that difference from these other times when you sort of went down a persona road? Cause it seems yeah. different to me too. I feel it is different when I'm with you, but I'm curious about how you experience that difference. That's a great question. I don't think anyone has ever asked me to articulate it so formally. Uh-oh. So, well, if, so if we can't, then if you can't, it's okay. I, no, no. I, like, but it strikes me as like, you know, all those other times I was, you know, searching for, searching for something that would fix me. Mm. Like clearly I'm unhappy and the people around me are unhappy. I feel so disconnected and, you know, I feel like everything is just like fake and meaningless. Mm -hmm. And so clearly what I'm doing is not it. So I need to follow this script instead. Mm. You know, I'll put on this kind of shell, you know, this avatar and try that. And that's going to answer the questions. That's going to make me have meaningful relationships with people. You know, and it never did. But it does now. I'm not following a script. Yeah, I, I, I wish there was one. Yeah, but I'm figuring this out as I go along. Yeah. Oh, it's sure as fun being a trailblazer. Mm. Right. Like act like yeah. you've been here before. Yeah, you're you like know? there is no here before. Like this is all. You yeah. You and you have had. I assume you've had people who have gone down this road and that you've had the opportunity to be mentored or cared for by and given you some some pointers or some some wisdom and some care in that. Yes. Yeah. 
yeah, I've found friends, you know, here in the city and also a lot of people online. Of course. And just, you know, talking and sharing experiences yeah. like that. And it's, yeah, it's cool. It's good to not be alone. It sure is. That's you know, and it's really cool how much more meaningful things are. You know, like I'm feeling emotions. I didn't realize that I was so numb until I started feeling alive. Yeah. You know, like that's, yeah. that's been cool. Yeah. And being able to develop and maintain meaningful relationships with people, particularly people at church. Yeah. You know, for, yeah. for years now, I, yeah. I was mentioning, I was probably telling Kelly the other day, it was like, you know, it's really funny because it's about time for me now to burn my life down and start over. Right. Like it's, we've reached, you know, You've done, it's been five years since the last five, time. six years. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't need to that. And I'm not doing yeah. that anymore. Wow. Cause wow. yeah, I'm here. Like I finally have shown up and that's cool. There's something, Oh, a friend of ours is James from, from CCD showed me this quote from a transgender poet. Jay Holm is his name. It was like, when a trans person looks in the mirror and for the first time sees their true selves, this is a paraphrase, you know, like that's yeah, the closest yeah. any human will ever come to seeing the beauty of God's full creation. <laughs> like, come on, that's amazing. Wow. Yeah. Man. Wow. So, well, that yeah. That reminds me of some, of course, of course it does. It reminds me of some like third century theologian um, uh, who uses some very gendered language, but his name is Irenaeus. Mm -hmm. And his quote was, the glory of God is man fully alive. In other words, God is glorified. Yeah. God, we see God's glory in when a human, because they just said man back then, but uh, when a right. human is fully alive, that's what God's glory, like we see God's glory there. And that's what you're describing. The glory of God is is Max fully alive. Mm. I'm so excited, um, and it's a little after twelve, but I'm not done yet. I want. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm. I'm just like. I'm wondering. I don't even know. Uh, anybody on the chat? If we have any questions uh, for Max, we can do some questions. We got some time. Um, uh, Leslie just said while you were talking, the decision to not keep cramming yourself in a box where you don't fit is was the thing. And, yeah. and um, we've got some comments. Mary said, well, your story is beautiful. And uh, Betsy Berry was actually there that day. And she said, yes, it was uh, beautiful. She was actually there in her, in her normal pew. Um, yeah. I'm jealous of Betsy right now because she's uh, hanging out at the beach at Martha's Vineyard. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, she's living the dream a little bit. Um, but she's going to miss the 90 degree uh, humid Cincinnati day today. Mm -hmm. But uh, we'll just stay. We'll just stay in the air condition, you and I. So if anyone has any questions you can ask, but I, I um, first of all, um, you are going to have quite the vulnerability hangover later after <laughs> sharing all this. My introverted friend who has told the story of your heart, uh, I hope that you are able to find some space for yourself and just disappear for a little bit um, and, and, and just have some time to yourself. Um, uh, just that's my hope for you. Um, um, you you know um, that, and I'm not telling you anything that's news to you, that um, this church, that Redeemer, uh, 
which is a church that, that loves you and seeks genuinely to be open in all of the ways that we, 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 we have espoused and said in our, in our vision statement and in all of these pieces, um, we are still very much at the beginning of understanding um, all of the different ways that, that um, transgender people exist in the world and, and, and what that means. It's still very much, it's like so many of us literally don't even have language to comprehend. And you are in this space where you are, you know, uh, very, you've been very gracious and courageous in your willingness to sort of say like, well, like this church says they're going to be accepting. Let's, I'm going to trust that. Mm -hmm. So I, I genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for putting your trust in this church and in me. Um, um, I hope that it seems that so far we haven't abused that trust. Uh, I hope that we continue to grow um, alongside you and learn. Um, but I also hope that there's a time um, in, the, in the very near future where you don't feel like you have to be the one, uh, the bold one at Redeemer. My hope is that we are, that we continue to grow and become a home for people who um, are, are, are coming into their faith life from all different experiences of gender and sexuality and who want genuinely to find a Christ-centered community that is serious about inclusion and affirmation. So I, I, you're, you're, this, you're, the, you're the trailblazer for now. I hope that that is not I hope that's a short-term reality. And in the long-term, we see something else happen here, right? Mm -hmm. um, I believe it will be. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, Leslie's saying some beautiful things in the chat. She said, some naysayers blame the explosion and LGBTQIA plus identification on the internet, but we were always here. We just didn't have community and words to describe us. Right. And now we, she says, now we have Snapchat filters and support and language, and we're still here, but we're not denying who God made us to be. I think that is so right on, right? Like mm -hmm. the, the power of, of, oh, there are words for this. The do you remember that? Not, yeah. not even talking about gender and sexuality. I mean, although we could, but the first time when you were reading a book growing up and someone wrote something and you were like, oh, there are words for that feeling. And you were like, as just as a, as a, as probably like adolescent, you were like, oh, I'm not the only person. James Baldwin says you can't, you can only feel lonely so long as you don't read. Cause he goes, the moment you read, you're introduced to other people's experiences and you realize you're not alone in this world. Yeah. Right. But that's true. Now there's so like the language and the culture is emerging, not as a trend, but as a way to finally unleash this like reality that's always been there. Right. And that other cultures have actually, uh, there are other cultures throughout the history of the world that have oh, yeah. absolutely allowed for this. Mm -hmm. But it reminds me of that, I get that meme that was going around. I saw it again this past week of the chart of left-handedness. Oh, yes. America. As a left-hander, yeah. please share yeah. this. So, so it's a chart that looks, you know, it starts, maybe I should do it the opposite for everyone, all the viewers. You know, it starts and, and dips down really far. And then, you know, in the uh, 1910s or something goes way back up from, you know, 0% up to around 12% or something, you know, that it said, you know. So there's so a point where there were 0% left-handers? Something like that, you know, and the, the caption underneath says something to the effect of, you know, it's not that left-handedness left, left -handedness never existed or went away. 
it's that you can tell where where like our society stopped punishing people for being left-handed oh my and, goodness yeah and then here, isn't there that you go I do think it's, I mean, as a left-hander who grew up in a world where no one really had a problem with me and my biggest problem was getting the ink all over my hand from mm -hmm. when I wrote and like the binder thing and like, or that all the seats were right. I mean, like these are all minor inconveniences, Yeah. but like literally learning, oh, there was a time where you might've been like jailed or mm -hmm. burned as a witch or it's like, huh? What? Yeah. I remember I was in sixth grade, I think my, so it would be my sixth grade um, geography and social studies teacher was telling us about her growing up. She was left-handed and that when she would try to eat with her left hand or right, that her mother would come and smack her, you know, like, don't wow. do that. You need to use your right hand. My, my mother did not do that. Um, her mother was left-handed, but no one else in my family was left-handed. She kept trying to hand me things in my right hand as mm -hmm. a, when I was still in the high chair. And like, I would just take the spoon and put it in my left hand. And then she would move it over to the right. She wasn't mad about it. She was just like, no, 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 this is where you mm -hmm. hold it. And I just kept going back. And finally she was like, oh, I guess he's left-handed. I sadly only have right-handed children. And it's, it's, a, it's, <laughs> it's sad. Um, but that, that's a Sorry. brilliant, like, but no, I know. But it's funny. Like we go like, oh, well, you know, it's so obvious that there would be this, I don't know. It's, we talk about these things like they're impossible, but it's so historically we've placed these strange moral strictures in these areas and and it's based on our understanding of uh, it's based on our our need to hold things in a box in a specific way yeah totally um, and leslie brings up that she's heard that, that dyslexia that you know um dyslexia was never a problem before literacy she said right <laughs> yeah. like before literacy you lived your life in dyslexic what's that even right um we're going to get going here. Uh, I have two more things. Um, mm -hmm. One, um, we have a note from the Reverend Susan Brutel, who I have not met, but she's a priest down in Florida. I looked you up. Um, and she says, kudos to Philip and Max for being so open and accessible, no fear, or rather courage in the face of fear. And I think uh, courage is a phenomenal word to describe the journey that you've just told about, told us about Max. Um, now I have a rule on this show, which is what, before we're done, I always ask my co-host the same question, which is what have you been listening to lately? So what have you been listening to lately? And what kind of music have you been listening to lately? That this, might bring you more fear than any other thing I've asked you. No, this morning I was listening to Orla Gartland's new album. Orla? Orla Gartland. Look, looking it up. Yep. Who is this person? I don't know them. She is British and sort of like indie electro pop. Oh, she looks very group. indie. Yes, she's very indie. In her Spotify picture, she's sort of like looking off into the distance, sort of melancholy. Mm -hmm. I'm going to love this. It's really good. Yeah. Okay. So I, I got to her through listening to Dodie. Dodie is yeah. also, yeah, you know, so they're, they're, they hang out. They're friends. All right. All right. Cool. But yeah. Um, I, I've been uh, listening to a lot of John Prine lately. Okay. Um, and, uh, and then I started to listen to, I'm sort of like kind of, oh, I went through a big ABBA day the other day. Um, I did not listen to them growing up because I was too cool for mm -hmm. ABBA. Sure. No, it turns out there's no such thing as too cool for ABBA. 
ABBA was too cool for me. And I just wasn't ready to accept that yet. Right. ABBA's amazing. <laughs> you can't help but like love it. And right. I mean, groove. it's like, like check your pulse if you're not digging this. Um, mm-hmm. then, and then the other one I've always been, I, I did you ever go through the phase? Cause you and I like, we, we like to dig deep in things and get into music and stuff like where you were yeah. too cool for certain kinds of music. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So um, I was too cool for ELO. Not that, I mean, they were before our time anyway, so it's not like it was, but when I like uh-huh. heard like, don't bring me down Bruce or whatever the name of that song is like, mm-hmm. I was like, this is ridiculous. These people are dumb. Like I don't get into this. And then recently I was just like, some song came out and I was like, Oh, ELO's amazing. And I was listening yeah. to Strange Magic and uh, a couple a other one. ones. Anyways, so I'm doing ELO. I'm going to listen to Orla Gartland because of you. All right. And we're going to wrap it up. Max, anything else that you want to, anything else you want to say to the group? No, I just remember it. I've been into ELO a little bit recently because of Mr. Blue Sky being yes. found on TikTok. Yes. It's like, oh, this is really good. I'm going to put that on as soon as this is over. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Kira is super jealous. She didn't get to be here today, Um, (laughs) but she's going to enjoy watching this and maybe we'll have the opportunity to have you back on the show sometime. Oh, I would love that. Thank you for making the space for me. That's a genuine joy and and not a problem. So uh, good to be with you and and, and goodbye to everyone else. We're so thankful to have you with us and we will uh, see you all next week.